Welcome to Making It Happen. My name is Tom Dalton. Each episode will bring you an inspiring person to help you improve in all areas of your life. We'll be chatting with friends old and new who have incredible stories and experiences to share. We'll be listening to some of their obstacles and how they've shown resilience to overcome them. Each episode should give you value and influence and inspire you to your greatness. So welcome to Making It Happen. We are on episode number 12 and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by someone I've worked closely with myself um, and I'm going to let himself introduce himself. Welcome to the podcast, Thomas Arnold. What's up, Tom? Um, could you give us your bio or what you do? Yeah, 100%. So Thomas Arnold, 22, uh, YouTuber, freelance videographer and final year business student in UCD. Brilliant. Um, now, YouTuber, explain that to me. If I'm just an alien and I've never heard of YouTube, explain YouTube to me. As in what I do or just what what's the life of a YouTuber like, I guess? Both. I, both, I suppose. What you do and I suppose how you got into it. Yeah, so I've been making online videos since I was 14, so almost a decade. Uh, I started off doing cricket tutorials, so very much educational videos, how-tos, how to how Are to you bat. a cricket man? I used to, yeah, yeah, seven years, yeah. Okay. Did you ever play? No. How's that? I just know that call. How's that? It's not out. That's that's yeah. all I know, yeah. Um, <laughs> There's a whole other language to it. Like. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I started doing that mainly because it was the only thing my dad would allow me to post because he thought that skit comedy videos I were making were sort of embarrassing. But I started off with that, moved to sort of travel videos, and I started vlogging when I came to college to sort of just document what it was like to be a business student. So up to modern day now, that's what I do. I vlog once a week. I sort of capture what life is like in UCD and try and make videos that help students. Um, in terms of what it's like, it's mainly just me putting a camera up to my face on my friends during the week and uh, spending seven or eight hours editing that together and then posting it online for uh, a couple thousand people to watch um, and hoping that it's valuable content for them so yeah the, the reason I asked Thomas is when I think of growing up when I was 14 there was no YouTube or social media now I'm not that old but I I suppose just hearing about you saying there your dad did he have a negative perspective on social media and what it was at the time I think my dad's generation have a different outlook on the internet as a whole so you know me growing up i was always something who wanted to share everything so before youtube i had a blog where i i actually wrote every day and published that online on like twitter and um, when instagram came out with stories i wanted to share so much stuff whereas my dad comes from a generation where you don't put stuff out there unless it's like perfect and a good representation of yourself and very polished if that makes sense so it is very alien to him and even to this day he says to me you know you can't be putting that out online that's too personal so maybe it's just reflective of what it was like for him growing up and is he kind of i just i think there's there's really good points here um is he kind of like blown away that like you've such a big following and like you're on national radio stations just expand a little bit about some of the stuff tom you do um yeah so basically the youtube channel really started to grow for me in 2018 i had a few viral videos so when crispy cream came to dublin that sort of blew up that got like 100k 
Um, I started doing videos where I spent a day as, as different professions. So I was as a bin man that got like 40K. Uh, I went around as a TV license inspector. And then, um, what was it, 98FM or something picked that up. Or maybe news talk or something. And then I went ended up going on radio for that. Um, and then more recently, I started TikTok in September when I, over, when I was over in America and went from like zero to 10,000 followers in like three weeks because I was posting twice a day and had loads of sort of viral viral bits and pieces. So um, I can't remember the initial question, but yeah, it's been weird. That whole process has been quite weird. And what's been interesting for me is that my three strongest platforms would be TikTok, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And say, for example, I was at a, a business event two nights ago and some guy comes up to me and he goes, I love your videos. And I said, I'm amazing. I'm like, which ones? And he said, I thought you only posted on LinkedIn. Then the next day I'm in town filming a YouTube video and an eight-year-old girl comes up to me for a picture because she knows me as the TikTok guy. So wow. there's different, those three platforms cater for very differing people. And um, there's very different value propositions in all of them. And I found that amazing that like, there are some people who just spend time on one platform and only know you for one thing. Yeah, it's uh, blown away by that story there in the sense like an eight-year-old coming up to you and a guy the night before on two different platforms. Um, two things. Explain to me and maybe the listeners. I have no idea what TikTok is. It, it, I assume it's a video version of Instagram, is it? Yeah, it's sort of if anybody was aware of Vine back in the day, Vine was this app that went from like zero to something like 50 to 100 million users really quickly but then it died off in 2014 and it was basically just a video app and you could only i think six seconds was the length of every video so tiktok is sort of like that it started off as a 15 second only video app purely and the feed is just it's all video so you just flick up and down there's no like that's the main the main feed is just videos the entire way and then you flick to your own profile and then you can flick to your dms but uh that's all it really is it's like a chinese company and uh it's it has something like 200 million active daily users which to put in context would be almost double snapchat yeah. um so it's it started with like really young kids and it's gradually aging up now to the point where me as a college student i see it breaking into secondary school and college students and i'd say in another year or so it'll age up into like 20 something year olds well even just listening to you there tom you can really hear that you love the analytics side of the part and delving down and you have a wealth of knowledge on that i'd love to go back to the 14 year old boy who started posting videos on youtube were you outgoing as a kid growing up or did you always want to be in front of people or where did that come from uh, so i was definitely quite shy growing up and like i would have been the quiet kid in school who just worked very hard i guess i wasn't i wasn't necessarily popular i would have had a small group of friends but i i don't really know what it was about the videos but i always wanted to express myself so i was part of choir growing up and i was part of speech and drama so I would have been sort of underspoken in some realms, but really came out of my shell when it came to sort of the arts. And um, I just found with videos that I could sort of be this different person. And when I was growing up, there was definitely quite a chasm between everyday Thomas and online Thomas. And as I became older, and particularly when I started sort of vlogging, 
those two people became a lot closer it was sort of my online self was becoming a lot more like the real me in day-to-day life um and basically posting online like a lot of people talk about the negatives of social media in terms of mental health and you know say girls looking at unrealistic body images and the same goes for guys i think one thing that isn't said is that from my experience if you're posting a lot and you're putting stuff out there it gives you a lot of self-confidence to trust your own voice and it also becomes a great way for you to get practice in expressing how you feel and particularly for young guys who it's not always um very cool to express how you feel and stuff i found it very therapeutic and tom mention on that or on that point how has the response been for you like is it is it all positive or is there negative feedback coming your way Uh, i've predominantly had very very positive feedback uh like there's always a few comments where people are just a bit mean but most of the time for example if someone leaves a youtube comment where they call you some some childish phrase or whatever number one when you respond to them they rarely respond back because they don't have the balls to actually have a conversation with you and b when you just sort of isolate it it's funny i'm reading a book at the moment called the chimp paradox have you heard that one yeah i've read it yeah so it talks about sort of your uh your human mind and your chimp mind and your chimp mind is the one that is very reactive and very emotional and when you see the comment initially um you might your chimp sort of awakens in you and it's like what's he doing why is he saying that about me i just want to shout something back at him but when you take a step back from it and i guess reread it and maybe be more empathetic and ask yourself how did someone get to the position in their life where they're they feel so bad about themselves that they actually have to leave a negative comment on somebody else's piece of work i think you become far more uh sort of sympathetic towards your situation and just isolate it and say you know that's not really going to affect me so long story short i've had very very positive feedback um that's not always the case some people the biggest thing for young kids is that they they put themselves out there and they get slagged in school but like uh, there were certain things that i was strong at and certain things i was weak at in school but so one thing i have always had was that i've never really given a fuck like what other people think even when i even when i was 14 i remember doing like way too much football training to try and be the best on my team but i was never going to listen to some guy being like oh you're you know you're such and such because you try too hard so that's one thing I've always had, I think. And Tom, just you speak with great passion when you're talking about what is your career now and like part of your life. But is there enough education for young people on social media out there or enough people talking about it? In terms of positive and negative and how to deal with the trolls of online trolls and what kind of you're, you're dabbling on there? I think that to be able to deal with that stuff you actually have to live life and it's not something you can teach anybody so if i was to go off and do a talk to first years and you know give them the advice that i would have wanted when i was 12 the advice i'd probably give now is to go off and work in a shop and sweep some floors and earn some money and you know get in a relationship with a girl and i think it's it's the life experience that you gather that gives you the maturity to be able to deal with it because the stuff say like i was knocking doors selling alarms after i dropped out of college like dropping out of college the first time in dcu 
um you know breaking up with someone i would actually they all you know are far more significant events than dealing with stuff on social media so if you're able to deal with those challenges or like having no money or just starting your business like they are all things that will give you the traits to be able to deal with you know the positives and negatives of social media i think and yeah tom when you when we talk about how did the transition come from dropping out of college to going wow i'm actually very good at doing videos i can make this somewhat of a career or a passion where how did that happen so i got my first paid video job summer 2015 i made it for a coffee shop with my best friend sean dupe and what age were you at this uh 2015 i was just turned 18 cool yeah just turned 18 and we made the video and i was really happy with it and i remember sean uh ringing me like randomly a couple of days later and he goes do you know mel is going to give us 150 euro and i felt like i'd robbed the bank i was like i cannot believe someone's paying us for this uh and then when that happened once i was thinking oh this could be uh this could be something you get a taste don't you yeah i was like oh maybe more people want it so i started doing stuff for like a boxing gym and then when I went to UCD, I went up to the marketing officer or the, the guy who runs marketing in the business school. And I was like, look, I make videos. Uh, do you want any? And he's like, actually, yeah, we would. And he's like, I don't think we can pay you properly, but we can give you one for all vouchers. So I took the one for all vouchers and sold them back to my friends. Hustle, I love it. I love it. But I think like if I say, for example, I got 100 euro worth of vouchers, I think I had to sell them for 80 because like you were restricted as to what shops you could like purchase stuff in um but i did that and then when i made one for the business school i went to the law building and i told the marketing exec over there and then i went to the health sciences so that's sort of how i started doing it and uh, i was just making a few bob here or there and when i was making enough to sort of quit my garden center job which was my first like part-time job i was thinking this is fucking brilliant so i initially saved up when i was getting 250 euro a week during that summer before I went to UCD, I bought my first camera and uh, then I was like, I want to give it a bosh because I was living at home, so I didn't have any expenses. Um, and I just sort of started from that and then it sort of organically grew from there, from word of mouth and stuff like that. And Tom, where did that come from? You talked about, you mentioned earlier about door-to-door sales. You were doing door-to-door sales, but when you got the taste for the, what do you call videographer bug and to make it a little bit of a business it seemed like you were knocking on doors again and going in front of people and asking just putting yourself out there where did that come from was that from family or just from learning as you grow um like honestly i don't think i did a huge amount of i don't didn't do a huge amount of knocking doors when it came to freelance but even to put up with the door-to-door job for six months i think it's just the same drive <coughs> that i'd attribute to my mom like my mom um she didn't grow like she grew up pretty poor or whatever she didn't get enough points to do accountancy she had to work from the age of like 14 to pay for the house because mo- her mom got sick then she did accountancy at night um she became chartered like two years later than her friends or whatever and then she worked her way up and that definitely laid a big impression on me growing up as a kid and mum would always come home very late from work and uh I think when I was younger, I used to cry about it because I was like, oh, why isn't mommy ever here? And then as I got a bit older, I just really respected her for all the work she'd done. And she put me through Belvedere, which is a private school or whatever. And I had a brilliant time there. 
but that wouldn't have been possible without her so um i think that drive was instilled in me a lot by my mom even though she never told me to work hard i think it was through the her example that i uh i got that trait so um i've just always wanted to be the best at stuff so i was never going to start something and be a loser at it that's sort of that was the thought in the back of my head i guess um and i just get so engrossed in things that i really want to make and when it comes to videos when i started making them for other people i was thinking like i might be young and i've only started this but i'm going to put all my energy into making the best thing possible for this person and um that sort of it's doing that process has led to more work rather than me actively and i still do that like i still pitch to people but it's more so me putting the energy into the current relationship that's led to me getting relationships with other businesses if that makes sense yeah and tom at that time when you did the coffee shop video and you were pitching in front of your college and stuff like that was were you self-learning all the time and fail fast and learn and how to edit better and how did that process work yeah so i didn't have any formal training in in camera work i guess uh, it was funny, Sean, who I mentioned earlier, when we finished our leaving cert, we went two very different ways. So Sean went off to do film and TV production in IDT um, in Dunleary, and I went off to do business. And I remember Sean's dad saying to me, he was like, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you just go off and do uh, film and TV? And I actually didn't have a proper answer. I think the initial reason was because I always like to do a few things at once. And... I was like, I'd like the business side as well as the film side. Um, but what I found that was different to Sean was that he was learning the theory, whereas I was just getting jobs and messing them up and figuring out why I messed them up and then sort of building from there. So it was exactly that. But I think my initial ones were pretty low key. So like if I fucked it up for the boxing gym, I could redo it. So there wasn't high stakes. So it was very easy for me to learn. And um it was also through doing YouTube videos as well that, and because they were for myself, so there was no money attached to it, that I was learning a lot about the whole process. And again, it was because I became so engrossed in it and all the YouTube videos that I was learning very quickly. And because I was getting money in and I had no expenses, I just put it back into more gear. And that allowed me to sort of reinvest and upgrade. And to me, the, like the videography business is, is all about just learning I, I want to basically have a solution to any potential video problem you could have. So you need a two, uh, you know, two camera setup. Perfect. You need audio from five people. Perfect. You need it done the same day. Perfect. I just need to have all the processes and potential gear that can sort of satisfy whatever need you want. And um, I feel like I'm quite process orientated around that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you have to be to have a successful business. I think you need to put the systems in place. Um, so Tom, where did you learn? Like, you were growing, you were getting money in, you were investing in more equipment. How did you know how to fit into the market, or were people just coming to you, or did you have to find out what am I charging here? How do I work this? Is that too big of a client for me? How did you know? I suppose to grow and what market to go for. Um, I never really lo- looked at it like that, I guess. I sort of was like swinging from branch to branch as stuff came to me. I think the one thing that I did do well, and it's one of the cool things about UCD and wh- why I'd sort of advise if people don't know what to do 
and they want to go to college to go to UCD is that there's 30,000 people there. So it's like its own mini city. So I made a lot of friends who like had, f- who had like uncles who had businesses, who had, you know, you know, aunts who were marketing directors and blah, blah, blah. It was just a massive network. And um, it w- for me, it was sort of the UCD stuff led to more corporate stuff, which led to more like, which looped its way back around to small business stuff. Then I worked in Microsoft for an internship for a year and I built more of a network there and that helped me get into more sort of B2B style stuff. So um, I was just, again, focused on trying to make the best videos I could and and trying to be like, uh, I guess, genuine with people and sort of have a genuine relationship with them, you know? I think that's a big thing. Um, I don't notice in my businesses, I think it is the relationships you create, whether it's a massive corporate or whether it's a one-to-one. It's all about the relationship. And once you have a good quality product and your service is up to a very good standard, I think you're in a winning formula there. Um, Tom, how, just to go back slightly, I suppose, again, how do you balance it all? How do you consume content? How do you make YouTube videos? And then how do you manage college and obviously working with videography as well? How do you do all that? Um, so I guess when you're doing anything, you know, there's only a certain amount of errors in the day. So you are going to you are going to not do other things to, to be able to do what you want to do. So my week would look something like I train probably five days a week. So that's like an hour or two hours out of my day. Then every day in the morning, I'll probably do like two, three hours of editing. Um, a- editing could also be sort of arranging emails or arranging shoots. Um, then I go to class during the day and then I study a bit at night. And those three pillars of like training college and uh, YouTube slash freelance is is all I really do. And then I see my girlfriend once a week. So like that's how I manage it. I think I just do the same stuff over and over and over again. And um, I also have a guy working for me part time, Brian. So he allows me to get more work done and he can also take care of smaller stuff like get my bike fixed could you pick this up from this guy can you do this small edit can you subtitle these videos um so i i think the one practical piece of advice i could give is that you're particularly if you're like a content creator the speed of your systems is incredibly important so i over invested in a very good laptop because i can get edits out twice as fast as i used to with my old laptop um in terms of like my my life can be a little bit disorganized at times but my camera bag is just completely streamlined from my systems so um the more you can focus in on how to make the tech as efficient as possible the more work you can get done in a shorter amount of time um so i definitely work very smart when it comes to editing because like academia can be very challenging so i need to work on that more (laughs) yeah and Tom, I suppose what's next? You're 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 finishing off college now, um, and where do you see the YouTube and the business going? So kind of a double question. Where do you see both of them going? So I graduate. We're recording this in December 2019. I graduate in May 2020. So the plan will be to put all my time and energy into the videography business when I graduate for definitely till the end of 2020 just to see what i can do in that period of time excuse me um 
keep, just keep up with the YouTube. I really enjoy it. Um, it'll be interesting to see that transition from college student vlogger to sort of, and then question mark. I don't really know what I'm going to do after. Maybe it's document that journey of growing the business or something, but that will be, when college ends, it'll definitely be closing a chapter for me because when I came into college, I sort of created a new Thomas and it was sort of a vlogging Thomas, very different to secondary school, was interested in very different things. And now that I'm finishing college, I sort of am closing that chapter and moving on to what is probably more business orientated Thomas. Uh, and also, I probably want to go traveling or something. I definitely feel as if I need more life experience. Um, and yeah, that's sort of what I want to do. I'd love to see what I could do when I put all my time into it for a year anyway. Um, Jake Brown, my friend, he uh, he has an office in town, so I'm going to co-share space with him and just go at it. You know? Brilliant. And Tom, you, you highlighted probably with your vlogging, you're probably telling your life story along the way from growing up, going through secondary school to going to college to run the business. What? any of the content you see out there today is there too much is there anyone that does goes over the top or does it get too personal putting your videos out or what's your opinion on that i think everybody should have boundaries and you just need to know where your boundaries are so i never have put my family in videos ever and i never put them on social media Um, if i'm going out with someone they never go online uh, and they're my only two boundaries and then everything else is pretty much up for grabs. Like I will share the rest of it. Um, so it's just about knowing, it's just about knowing what you will and like you do and don't want to share. Um, I think stuff gets very messy when you involve girls for one. Because um, like you have to deal with that in the back end whenever you break up with them. And your family as well is, your family's fine as long as you have their consent, you know. So um I think it's good though to have parts of your life that people don't know anything about because you know it's just natural like we're all very nosy you know we want to know about people so if you even do it once like and you mention something that you didn't really want to mention and you've got a lot of people following you um it'll spread around so be careful with what you share i guess well absolutely it'll spread around from eight-year-old to the guy who saw you on linkedin so it's mad and tom just to go back to the business for a moment um is there like what positives do you love about having a business and is there any negatives that you don't like about it uh yeah the positives are that it definitely shapes you as a person it makes you more it makes you work harder it makes you more organized it makes you i actually think just the act of running a business makes you a much better person because to be a successful businessman or woman you actually have to be like you have to be very ethical um, you have to be very good to other people. You have to uh, be of service to somebody else. They're all traits that make you a great father, a great boyfriend, a great, um, you know, friend. You know, th I just think they're great aspects. So that's that's one thing I love. One thing I, the only thing I don't like is the cash flow, um, because for my particular industry, um, it can be very up and down. And um, there's times where you have a load of money, and there's times when you don't. And um, even the biggest thing I learned this year was, you know, having to register for a VAT and stuff. There's just, there's a, like a lot of money you need to pay to the government. So you need to make sure your pricing is, is correct. Definitely for your big jobs anyway, so that you're not getting screwed over at the end of the year. 
because um, there's a lot of people to pay you have to pay like rent you pay your accountant you pay like you know there's a lot of things to pay so i often found that when i started off in business that i think there was nearly like you're the small guy it's okay we'll p- we'll pay you when we're ready um i even noticed today with my business it's how do i put the systems in place to execute that it's paid on time it's paid correctly and your terms agreement need to be solid and i think it's one thing enough people don't mention i think smes sometimes it's all go 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 and everything's amazing but some people aren't getting paid and some people are getting delayed payments and i think it's actually quite a negative thing um i suppose tom i kind of asked this question to all the people on the podcast is who like where do you get your business advice from uh, or who 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 drives you to w- grow your business? Um, I Do you have, have anyone you look up to? I suppose you know. Yeah, like I look up to Gary Vaynerchuk a lot. Like I'd watched I've watched him for like four years. Um, I just really enjoy his content, I guess. And then on a more practical level, you know, you have different types of mentors. So he's one that's far away that I'm never really going to reach potentially. Then there's people like you know yourself. Like my closer circle will be yourself. Jamie White, um, who else would it be? Like my dad's friend who owns a shop. Like just certain people who, oh yeah, and then my friends who are in the same industry as me. So I have like probably five or six close, but 15 or so um, sort of outer circle friends who are, we're all doing the same work and I can always ask them questions about how they're doing. Uh, and then other than that, it would be books, you know, just reading, um, reading about strategies and, how to master the mind and you know how to try and make more money and stuff um oh a guy called andrew mcadam from microsoft he's been a great mentor um he's like a, an older guy who he's been in microsoft for a while but uh he runs startups for their europe headquarters now and he's been like really really helpful so um like i'm still i'm very green you know what i mean i i've so much to learn i've, I've very you know, you're speaking to someone who's essentially like a one-man band who's making uh, a just over a graduate salary's living. And that's the very beginning of the journey, you know? But I'm excited to learn more. Uh, I'm very hungry to learn more. I'm very hungry to improve and get better. And uh, I'm very excited as to what I could do over a 10-year period if I'm just consistent and uh, constantly trying to learn and stuff. Um, well, I, I've no doubt you're going to be a huge success and continued success. It's not you are a success. Hope that didn't come across wrong. But and the other thing, I love talking to you. Any time we have a conversation, you're so humble, and it was great hearing some stories I hadn't heard before of how you began and how you started off. And you can see that is great. So just some great values with you. Um, if if someone was listening that was think has never done anything on social media or maybe thinking of starting a vlog or a youtube page would there be any tips or advice you'd say to them um you don't have to start a youtube channel or you don't have to start putting stuff out if you don't want to like i didn't have a social media account till i was like 16 like i didn't have facebook till i was 16 which is very late and i only started using it because i, I saw opportunity to grow on it so first of all like decide if you actually want to do it um, and and the only reason you know if you actually want to do it is there's the only re- how o- way I've judged it is just like a gut feeling that you feel like you should be doing it. Um, and I'd start off with something low key, you know. I'd start off with something like an anonymous blog, and just be putting that out consistently, because for me, 
I'm at the stage now where I share a lot and I could do, like I'd pretty much do anything on social media. Like I'd almost run around naked and I wouldn't really care. But I started off as a 13-year-old guy writing anonymous blog posts. And it, I like I did that. Then I put my face in front of the camera a little bit. Then I started talking to camera. Then I put myself in more extreme sort of situations. And it's a bit like yourself when it comes to, say, fitness, where I don't know, I'm not 100% sure where you started off, but you're at a stage now where you do triathlons. You probably want to do like an Ironman in the future. It's sort of that step-by-step-by-step process. Um, so start off, start small and start with something you can actually accomplish. And um, there's no need to be fearful of like you shouldn't look at someone like me and think how does he do it because that person you're looking at someone who's been almost doing this for a decade you know so you got to start small and um make sure you're enjoying what you're doing because if you don't enjoy it you won't continue it and you'll never be successful at it then so and tom do you do you see a lot of people nowadays chasing that for the wrong reasons would there be a lot of noise out there people chasing after to get a high follow and it's the likes it's the amount of views and it's disingenuine i don't think it's disingenuous i think it's that people are like if you come to me and you say i want to get a load of views like you actually just don't know what you want because it's a bit like uh it's like chasing the money like one of the biggest lessons i ever learned was uh this is probably a year ago i like sat down in front of this pretty big business like in uh I don't know what I had a great relationship with the marketing person and I went in front of the CEO and the CEO goes to me what motivates you and in jest I said money like I don't know why I said it but I was like young lad I thought I was being honest and I was like uh yeah money I just love making money and uh he 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 puts his hands on the table and he goes you know what we like making money too but what we we like more than that is making uh, incredible products that people are really excited about and that's why we make money. I never heard from that business ever again. So that's a that's a hard lesson. Yeah, hard I, lesson, I but it's something you're never gonna forget, and it's gonna stand to you. No, and the the biggest thing, and look, I get very. I don't know if this is a young lads thing or maybe it's a, a just a per like a man thing, or I don't know if it's a human thing. But there's obviously a lot of times where, say for example, now I'm like, oh, I'd love to buy a car. And I'm like looking at the RDA ones going by and I'm like, oh, they're so nice. And It's all you keep seeing. Yeah, Your mind's picked up on that now. Do you know that? That's all you're going to keep seeing. Just see car. the blue Audi yeah. like, and I'm thinking, oh, geez, wouldn't it? Like, I'd love to buy that. But but like really, I think the real thing what I want is that like, I, I just want to be driven and, and hungry and and motivated to do a lot of business, like to work with a load of people. Does that make sense? And I think if you want to build a social media following, how I view it, and this is my mentality, say, for example, with YouTube, I'm serving college students. Like, I am in service to them. So the reason why I have a bit of a following and people want to watch me is because I care about them first. So the thing you, I think it's sort of... It's not about you, it's about your audience. Yeah, it's reversed. It's, It's People start off thinking, I want the views so that, people will validate me for being a cool person and then when you become the person who has a bit of a following that is completely removed from you and what you realize is that for you to grow an audience you are in total service to what they need and um that's from one of the reasons why i think my linkedin stuff has done well is because 
people aren't liking it because of me like they don't give a fuck about me they they care about what they're getting from it a bit of value yeah so you've got to be if if you want to be liked you have to provide value to somebody else which is a bit of a weird one you know what i mean um but that was a bit of a rant but yeah no uh, really good and i'm in i'm in total agreement anytime i work in a workshop now or i'm, I'm doing maybe a seminar no one of the first things i say after a little bit of a it's not even an introduction i say i normally have two goals is to make it enjoyable and to give them something of value they can action um and i when i first started out i used to think it was all about me presenting and it's about tom and they need to know everything about tom where it's not it's all about the audience so now anytime i'm working with doing a workshop it's all about the value we're offering the client um yeah, really, really good in-depth takeaways there, Tom. Um, I suppose, Tom, what, any recommendations when it comes to books, podcasts, audibles? Just go at it. What, what would you recommend for people? Uh, someone that I finished recently is Atomic Habits. I love that one. Big it's fan. Really practical, great book. Um, if I have any weird ones that people might like to listen to... Did uh, you read Atomic Habits or Audible? I, I listened to it. Okay. I listened to it, yeah, yeah. I've read And is that how you consume most mainly, of Mainly, yeah, mainly. Uh, I read like paper to paper um The Selfish Gene by Dawkins. Very good, Richard Dawkins. And then one I'm reading at the moment, if you're um if you're like into storytelling, there's one called Oh, what is it called again? Seven The Seven Basic Plots. So it's this guy who um for basically 30 really tick tick book oh incredibly yeah, it's like the yeah. bible like and i think but the, that book there in life there's only actually seven stories isn't that's it? it that's what that's the book is about. yeah 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 yeah. it's a jason actually mentioned before jason kane actually mentioned that book yeah i think i get into a chapter and then i put it down yeah well i'm just read i read like two pages a, a night before i go to bed um and it puts you to sleep does it <laughs> yeah well it's it's a thick book like but um Oh, incredibly, incredibly interesting. I think the seven, the seven stories of mankind is, uh, what is this? Odyssey and Return, Overcoming the Monster, Rags to Riches, Tragedy, Comedy, and I'm forgetting two others, but it's amazing. And it's pretty much like every movie we watch on Netflix, isn't it? It's like, it's, there's only seven stories. Yeah. Um, it's like they gave, at the beginning of the book, it gives uh, an example of Jaws, is an example of, um overcoming the monster and then it goes straight back to beowulf or whatever which is a story from like the 1100s and he sort of like mapped it out on the story arc and it's like exactly the same it's like for for jaws it's this little seaside town there's this monster that it's like everything's like fine then this monster starts killing people they don't know what it is they find out it's jaws they slay jaws beowulf is the same it's like this town in sweden or something and there's this monster that people don't know and it's about overcoming the monster and um it's great because like how i view social media now is say tiktok has done really well for me and uh i actually think that to do well on tiktok it's about from in my case it's about short form humor and it's about looking at how you know how is kevin hart funny or how was charlie chaplin funny like 100 years ago or how were people funny in the Greek times, like hundreds of years ago? Like, it's all the same shit. So if you can take lessons from those people and apply it to everyday life, you can be very successful at it. But it's about studying the people before you 
Um, do you know what you need to do? I have one recommendation to get you out of your comfort zone. You need to go and do stand-up comedy. You did that, haven't I you? I did, and that was it was... the living shit out of me. Yeah, but, like, back to before I walked up on stage, I was like, nobody knows me in this audience. Nobody cares, and nobody's going to care after. So it's it comes down to, when you made the point earlier, I don't give a fuck what people think about me, whereas, well, that's really, you're either going to get laughs or no laughs. But uh, I would recommend that if you're looking for something to challenge you. And, Tom, you've recommended a, a few bits there. So just to put you on the spot, would you have a favorite movie or book recommendation, like, off the top of your head? Um, definitely Atomic Habits to be a favorite book. Um, a movie? That's a good question. Movie, documentary, something that you've rewatched or you love, or maybe it's YouTube. Uh, no, no country for old men is an amazing movie. Calm Brothers, really good. Oh, yeah. just fantastic. Just the like, book's very good. Yeah, I haven't read the book. Yeah, yeah. Read the book. It's an aesthetically amazing movie. Like, oh, um, oh, definitely watch this documentary on Netflix, Icarus. Have you seen that? That's the the doping in sports, isn't it? The Have blood you seen dope. it? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, just unbelievable. Yeah, brilliant. And Tom, I suppose last couple of questions here. Um, what's the best piece of advice? you've ever gotten off someone would it be in that meeting you just mentioned maybe was it um it's a very good question. that was probably one of the best lessons you got was it definitely one of the best lessons i got i think the and i have a poster in my room actually about this because i i was actually on a podcast earlier on today and i got asked the same question and uh i have a quote up in my room and it's a theodore Ro- Ro- roosevelt roosevelt's mm-hmm. quote uh, and it's the it's the long one called the man in the arena have you heard about that? No. So um, it's it's a quite a long quote. But I'm going to go up and take a photo of it now after this podcast. So I used to do athletics when I was younger. And uh, the head coach, Phil Conway, who was in the Olympics in like 1960-something, um, he used to send out these envelopes to all of his athletes. And there'd be like loads of paper cutouts of, like for me it was long jump. So it was like how to do the long jump. And then it would be a paper cutout of an article of... Um, you know, Sonia O'Sullivan back in the day and he'd send quotes and he'd send memes and this was a quote that he sent to me when I was like 16 and I, for some reason, I just kept it in my room and it's always stayed in the back of my head and it basically tells the story of, you know, we all want to do things in life and we're, you know, naturally insecure as humans and we're afraid to go out and sort of do what we want and the the general gist of the quote is that it says that, you know, it's not the man who sits behind his computer or the man who sits at home and does nothing that gets the applause. It's the man who's out in the arena, who's, you know, shedding blood, sweat and tears for his dreams. He's the man that is sort of living his dreams. Um, And I think it finishes with like, so that I won't, um, yeah, so that I won't be the man who never knew victory or defeat. And, um, you know, an old quote, but a very, a very powerful one and uh one that i actually do read quite a bit before i go to bed so yeah and do you find power on that scene visualization of stuff and rereading I, I wouldn't do visualization necessarily but uh i definitely take solace from you know men and women who've gone before me and have had an everyday reminder of the quote in front of you at least i've, I've had the same test that we've had in in just a different era um and also if by R- R- rudcard kipling i have that in my room as well so um yeah and uh tom 
last thing we kind of ask our guests is um, anywhere in Dublin or Ireland you'd recommend for going out or a bite to eat or where where yeah, do you token. love? Token. Okay. In Smithfield, have you been there? That's the video game place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. is savage. Yeah. Um, if you haven't been, it's basically like really nice food and stuff. Um, and then you've got these really old arcade games that you can play afterwards, and it's called Token because you can buy tokens for the arcade games, and uh, great for a date, great for just general laugh with your friends. It's just so fun so uh it's just off smithfield and like a eight-year-old euro taxi to coppers afterwards if you want to go there you go he knows it on the button and tom uh brilliant having you where can people find you how can we stay connected with you um so thomas arnold on linkedin and youtube and then thomas arnold films on uh on instagram brilliant listen tom it's been an absolute pleasure i look forward to continue working with you and uh yeah appreciate it brother anytime thanks tom <laughs>